Welcome to Dig It. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. Uh, I'm the speaker. I'm here with my two lovely ladies, The Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you guys doing? Hey, hey. Doing good. Got lots and lots to talk about. It has been an insane week. It has been an insane week. I don't think it's been a totally bad week. I mean, a lot of things are moving quite fast. Now, a lot of things are happening, which I'll touch on a little bit today, especially Trump expanding his bans on anti-American indoctrination. Edge is going to get into Burisma and Biden. Uh, Corey, you're going to talk about COVID, climate change, and the green recovery power grab. Um, 100 million in new grants to fight human trafficking. That's a good one. Uh, I will talk about uh, Carl Rittenhouse for a little bit because it's kind of important at the moment considering riots have started back up again we all saw that coming let's be honest i think that everyone was preparing for that um and what else do you have Corey? because i know you've got a handful of things that you want yeah to there's a bunch of little bombshells i just want to you know throw mention in here because there's been so much going on i'm pretty certain not everyone caught all these all right some good news you know some good stuff so Look, this, like, like I said, this this week and the last couple of weeks hasn't been too bad in the way of news. Um, it seems like before the election, Trump is trying to push through as many things as possible, which is really, really good. It's good to see. And I think it's just more as a safety. What do you guys want to talk about first? What, what are you eating? <laughs> I've, got a loz- I've got a lozenger in my mouth. Oh, Okay. I don't think you could hear that. Oh, I mean, I can I can get into some of the bombshells if you want. We'll start off with some of the good news. Let's oh, let's roll into it. Okay, so so we've got Trump announced he's going to be signing a born alive executive order to ensure all babies born alive, no matter their circumstance, receive the medical care they deserve. Uh, they are also increasing funds to neonatal research as well. Then we had, I'm sure everyone's excited about this, and I haven't had time to go through the entire document on this and see what might be changing in there, but the Justice Department unveiled the proposed Section 230 legislation on behalf of the administration. So this would not only hold social media platforms accountable for censorship, but they're also addressing you know, the facilitation of child sexual abuse, terrorism, and cyber stalking. Cause we see this stuff all the time, like on Twitter, for example, and, and thousands of us could be saying they're, they're calling for violence. Like, why are you not removing this account? Or there's ch- you know, child pedoph- pedophiles over here, you know, and they're, they're posting these videos or photos and why are you not removing this account? And instead, they'll censor, you know, someone like us that goes against the narrative. It's insane. So they've, the Justice Department has put together the, you know, and this has been in the works. We've been, gosh, we've been talking about this for well over a year now. Um, so these are their legal suggestions of how they would alter the language around the um, 230, I don't know if you call it a clause or what you'd call it in legal terms, but that has to do directly with, um, 
you know, holding social media platforms accountable. And then, Huge. Uh, yeah, that is, that's a big one. But both of them are. That I know. Uh, yeah. Right. Major. I, 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 a lot of videos are going around with just leftists losing it with these sort of bills. And especially with the, with Scrotus nominee, which I think is going to be Amy Comey Barrett. Um, they're absolutely losing their mind for their right to kill babies. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then crazy, crazy. the Justice Department branded New York City, Portland, and Seattle anarchist jurisdictions. So they are now targeted to lose federal money for failing to control protesters and defunding cops. And then here's just a small little Tidbit, I'm sure that flew under the radar. The Ninth Circuit Court dismissed the Stormy Daniels defamation case against Trump. And so that was going to happen. <laughs> and then there was, um, this was actually a key one for me. There was a press conference this week where Fauci stood up there and repeatedly stated, I mean, he must have said at least three times, that he and Burks formally made a recommendation to the president to shut down the economy and put in place social distancing at the, and that the president listened to that recommendation. And I'm just sitting there smiling every time he kept repeating this saying, that's it. He just like sealed his own fate by saying that. I mean, th this is going to come back in the future. Right? You guys see what yeah. I'm doing? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of these things are really big news and they haven't gotten much you know, headway in the mainstream at all. And uh -uh. I mean, just each one of those are bombshells. I mean, the, the born alive, the going after the censorship on social media, which is massive right now, the cutting mm -hmm. federal funding for cities who are allowing these terrorists to right. take over the cities. Um, just all huge, huge pieces of information. So yeah, it has actually been a pretty good week, guys. It has, and there's still more. So then, <laughs> the uh, did you see the Japanese firm develops first UV lamp that safely kills coronavirus without harming people's health? Oh, wow. So Trump was right. There's right. a light that can disinfect. <laughs> right. Oh, he wasn't talking about drinking bleach? Oh. No. Like Pelosi, didn't she just say something about that this morning about Clorox? And now he's putting Clorox into the Constitution. Or She's crazy. She's yeah. lost it. Yep. So I just, just want to read a few sentences from this because I, I don't know, I kind of found it fascinating. So, and I'm probably not going to pronounce this right. I'm terrible with this. So it's Yushio's uh, new UV lamp emits rays with a wavelength of 222 nanometers, as opposed to the conventional 254 nanometer wavelength, making them deadly to germs, but harmless to humans. So when emitted from a ceiling, the UV from the new machine snuffs out 99% of viruses and bacteria in the air and up to a 32 square foot surface of objects about eight feet away from the lamp in six to seven minutes. It's a 2.6 pound care 222 device 
which is about the size of a hardcover book, and it costs about $2,800. So they're saying that they're accepting orders from medical institutions right now, but that it will serve other customers once production catches up with demand. So I just found that interesting. Especially, you know, Trump was talking about this a while back. Yeah, and he got completely ripped, and apparently still, they're still going after him for it. Pelosi, as you'd mentioned, just out on Thursday talking about it, about drinking bleach, that he was promoting drinking bleach now. But yeah, yeah they, of course, totally twisted it around, and then it stuck. Yeah, and- <laughs> that's how they do. Yeah, but, uh, they do that with all of his speech, though. <clears throat> oh, Yeah. Like, and I've, I've said this before, sometimes I wish like he just, like he doesn't comment the way he does because the way he comments is it's easy to interpret it in different ways. Um, what recently happened the other day with the, will, will you give a uh, transition of power if you win, lose or draw? It's like just the question was pretty stupid mm-hmm. and, he, and he didn't answer it. I'm just like, oh man, just you know they're going to go at you because of this. <laughs> like, you know they are. Like, I, I know you would, right? <laughs> he does like to pick, though. But, mm. He does. Mm-hmm. So there was this one other great piece of news that um, will we'll lead into um, the human trafficking. And that's the, the U.S. Marshals announced that 35 missing and endangered children between the ages of 13 and 18 were recovered during Operation Safety Net in the Cleveland, Ohio area. More than 20% were tied to human trafficking cases, and those cases were referred to the Human Trafficking Task Force in, oh gosh, a county I can't pronounce, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but, so huge, I, huge. I, I know that you were going to, Talk about the um, the hundred million. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about this, the successes of Operation Not Forgotten in podcasts, previous podcasts, and similar operations that have been going on around the country, uh, where they rescued dozens of children. They have caught lots of child traffickers. Well, they had a meeting this week in Georgia. Uh, it was to discuss this joint operation. You know, local, state, federal resources were used for, in Operation Not Forgotten, and as well as nonprofits, actually, to locate these kids, capture child traffickers. Ivanka Trump was there along with A.G. Barr and Tim Tebow. Uh, he runs a nonprofit that focuses on this problem. And at that meeting this week, Ivanka announced that the Trump administration is providing over a hundred million in new grants to combat human and child trafficking, as well as help the victims. And this is the largest amount they've ever contributed to this in DOJ grants. So it's a big deal. And the money's going to go to departments all over the country to set up task forces just like the, the ones they used in Operation Not Forgotten in Georgia. Plus, money is going to go to providing housing and rehabilitation for the victims, like Tim Tebow's foundation uh, works with. So they're basically going to use this Operation Not Forgotten as a template and just spread it all across the country using that grant money. So it's a big deal. So I have a question on this. <clears throat> Back in November 2019... 
they actually did the same thing and it was a hundred million and they broke down where all the funds were going. So my question is, was that just making the announcement on what was to come or is this the second go round and this is year two of funding this for another hundred million? A good question. I don't know the history on it. I know that what they announced this week was new grants is the way they announced it. And it was just announced today. That it would day, be a new, this week, it would be so. a new batch of grants, you yeah. know, but it looks like some of the departments had already had caught word of this because they were talking about, hey, look, we just started a new task force using this grant money. We've just hired two new people, you know, so like it internally, they probably had gotten the announcement sooner, but it was announced to the public this week. Hmm. And I don't know specifics on what it all it's going to, but it's supposed to be comprehensive, like from task forces who are going after child traffickers and rescuing kids all the way to once they rescue the kids, placing the, the kids in safe housing, providing them with the resources that they need to recover. So right. yeah, it's a, from a beginning to end sort of comprehensive look at this and um, whatever they did with Operation Not Forgotten, they want to use that model and just use it like, because they were using state local and federal resources and they want to do the same thing throughout the country nice yeah excellent very very good so but while you know the trump administration is investing in catching human traffickers and rescuing people we have you know hunter biden getting exposed for paying human tra people connected to human traffickers right. this right. week yeah yeah that was pretty crazy yeah with mainstream media completely silent on it imagine mm -hmm. if that was don jr right yeah. Oh. yeah there's been some major developments on this whole biden and burisma corruption this week first of all uh the ukrainians have been investigating the bidens and their corruption uh as well and on September 16th, they put out a press conference where they released new evidence and two new key witnesses. Now, see, I hadn't heard anything about this because, of course, the, the press conference was entirely in Ukrainian. And the uh, American media didn't pick this story up at all, of course. So I didn't hear about this until this week. But it's pretty huge to have two key witnesses come forward. These guys, they worked for Zlopchesky, laundering money for him. They talked all about how they did it. They talked about the payments going to Rosemont Seneca, Hunter's firm, and they handed over their laptops to authorities as evidence. So this is huge. But then in the same week, we had this major, you know, report come out from Grassley and Johnson. Um, and this report has several key takeaways. Um, the first one, not so surprising. The first key takeaway I would take from this report that came out this week on Hunter Biden and Burisma is that Joe Biden lied. I know. Shocker. <laughs> Shock. Who knew? Say it isn't so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he said last year, I have no never spoken to my son about his overseas dealings. And now we know that Biden knew what Hunter was doing because he was briefed on it all the way back in October, 2015. And he spoke to Hunter about it. So there's that. But bigger than that, 
we have now information, and this is totally new information, that Hunter's firm took $3.5 million from Yelena Batarina. And this mm -hmm. woman has direct ties to Russian organized crime. So mm -hmm. that's a big deal. Big deal. Right. Yeah. And last but not least, Hunter Biden made payments to Eastern European and Russian nationals who are linked to prostitution and human trafficking rings. So he's taking money in from Russian organized crime and he's giving money out to Russian human traffic, people connected to Russian human trafficking. Okay. So this is a, this is huge. And it's just another crack in the dam that's about to break because we know these people like in the Obama administration, Hillary, Biden, Obama have ties. There's all these peculiar ties with human trafficking, child trafficking. Dude, I mean, speaking of which, did you see, I haven't had time to fully read it yet, but the New York times put out an article just today on um, the Durham investigation saying that the, so they're tying the Clinton foundation in there that Durham's team has sought information about the FBI's handling on the Clinton foundation investigation. And that his uh, efforts suggest the scope of his review is broader than previously known. Did you see that? Wow. That's huge because that's where it all is going to lead to. We know this all is going to lead to Hillary, what Hillary was doing during her time at the State Department, her private server, Wiener's laptop, connections to the Clinton Foundation, child trafficking. I mean, it, it's going to go deep. Mm -hmm. and, and this Hunter Biden thing and this, you know, revelation of payments to people connected to human trafficking is just another crack in that dam that's about to just break and bust wide yep. open, I think. So... Yeah. Hopefully very soon. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. Weekend, man. <laughs> We've been waiting a while, but things like this and it would, was never going to happen overnight, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Well, then we also had uh, the key executive order on combating race and sex stereotyping. Yeah, that was good. So we, we talked about that last week. And just a little bit more to add to it. We talked about critical race theory and how damaging that is just in general to everyone. Uh, so tr Trump has expanded, uh, extended his ban on critical race theory and uh, to federal contractors, which is absolutely amazing, which means it bans government agencies uh, from receiving sensitive training involving critical race theory. Um, uh, in a statement, he, he said a few weeks ago, I banned efforts to uh, indoctrinate government employees with divisive and harmful sex and race-based ideologies. And today I've expanded that ban to the people and companies that do business with our country, the United States military, government contractors, and grantees. Americans should be taught to take pride in our great country. And if you don't, there's nothing in it for you. It's a really great statement. So he's really... Pushing these, uh, pushing these powers as much as he can, which is great because we really have to eliminate all forms of this racist indoctrination, which is going around everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that was a big one. So, I mean, this is like everything we're talking about has been boom, 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 all rolling out this week. So yeah. I can only imagine the weeks to come, <sighs> our heads are going to be spinning. They are. Well, 
Well, that's like I said at the start. I, I think what he's doing here is he's, he's he's trying to get as much through before this election because we know this election is going to be a shit show either way. Does mm-hmm. um, this, you know, whether it's going to the Supreme Court for some reason, you've got other states that are willing to count ballots 14 days even after the election. It's going to be a mess, right? But I think he's just trying to cover his base here. He's, he's, he's sat down. He's got his list going, and he's gone, okay, what can I do just to play safety at the moment? How much can I push through in these 50 days, right? Just in case the worst does happen, I, you know, I'm, I'm still going to make it hard for them. Right. Yeah. Good Lord. There's so much to talk about. I still have pages and pages of notes sitting here. <laughs> oh, go. Where do we even go from here? There's so much to talk about this week. You know, something I don't even have in my notes, but that I tweeted out, I don't even know when, in the middle of the night. Um, I was just sitting there thinking about, I was, well, first off, I was looking at, so it's Thursday right now. And last night, through the night, we had, my God, riots in so many cities. I don't know how much of that you guys saw. It was awful. There were two cops shot in Louisville. Um, Gosh, I know I'm I'm missing, uh, I I believe someone's apartment may have been broken into and someone may have been shot there as well. Um, There was, you know, chaos in the streets in multiple cities. And I just, I was thinking about all of the arrests we've seen. There's been a lot of um, therapists, social workers, teachers, and lawyers involved in these violent protests, some of whom have been arrested. And in fact, the Justice Department released a press release today saying that, saying that 300, um, over 300 people facing federal charges for crimes committed during nationwide demonstrations. So, um, and they're saying, let's see, in 29 states. Interesting. I'm surprised it's that many states. I haven't had a chance to read the full press release yet. But at any rate, I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm just thinking, how many students or young people did those people recruit? Did they brainwash? Did they persuade? And how much of their information did they gather and send over to, say, you know, like the Obama group who trains people to meet anguish with action and they've got a national bailout link and all these links on their website. It's, it's clear as day. Um, you just, you know what I'm saying? Like they're taking and they're recruiting them and they're brainwashing them and they're taking these people. And you look at some of the photos of these individuals and we've talked about this before where they just, you can feel them. You can feel there. There's like this sadness, this bleakness, this. There's something um, missing. There's something. Yes. Totally missing there's, there. There's, it's hard to explain it, but there's something missing. There's an emptiness. There's a void. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, um, these people, I mean, who better to recruit and who better to gather their information? Do you know how easy it would be to get a list of contact information over to these organizations and say, here you go, target them? How easy it would be to target them through social media and emails and freaking pop-up ads and all kinds of stuff, befriending them and bringing them into the fold and grooming them? Yeah. It's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. 
Yep. They, it's, it's a machine. They've got it pretty well oiled and they've been prepping for these riots and had several test runs over the years. But this was like their grand finale, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So going on to um, onto the whole, uh, we've seen since the beginning, it started early on where they were grouping in climate change with COVID. And in the beginning stages of them doing this, everyone's going, what? What? This doesn't even add up. It doesn't even make sense. Well, their whole push is that climate change is, if you think COVID was devastating, wait until climate change takes hold. You know, it's going to be way worse than this. So they're using it as this stepping stone of fear to invoke more fear. And you posted a great video, Edge, of... um, Prince Charles. Yeah, that was interesting. What what was the uh, event that he was at where he was speaking? Climate Week NYC 2020. He released a pre-recorded video for their premiere, which was the you know, Monday this week. And yeah, it, it was a pretty interesting video there. They're pushing pretty hard on this initiative, aren't they? there's comms in there i mean there are some things i watch where i go "Uh, okay a little weird it could be comms this one is blatant as can be i mean first off like i was telling you i couldn't get beyond the owl in his pocket and the purple flower i'm sorry but the the handkerchief and i'm not one to lightly call out symbols because i that's one thing that drives me nuts is someone will have like swirl earrings or heart-shaped earrings and people will be like they're a pedophile jump to conclusions but just watch the video we'll have to we'll put the clip in here while we're talking about this um it just it just the second you see it it looks like an owl and then his suits all kind of wrinkled and whatnot and he's standing outside somewhere and and the fact that he's stating uh, swift and immediate action on a martial-like plan using military-style campaign across the globe to combat climate change. And, and something you and I caught is there's captions for all of his words as he's talking, except they left off one word that he said. And when he was talking about, um, gosh, I don't have the full sentence written down here, but he said, Instead of like a green recovery, we're pushing for this green recovery. He says a green blue recovery, which is something we've never heard anyone say. Yeah. Why would you pull in the word blue with that? And they left it out of the captions. Right. Like he added that in after, you know, submitting whatever he was going to say. He just added that in or something. But yeah. So is, is blue the cops defunding the cops? recovering getting out of the blue or is it you know blue democrats pertaining to over here or you know what do we think he's talking about there both of those ideas (laughs) ran through my mind for sure i definitely feel like that speech was loaded with comms and it's definitely pushing on a more aggressive it's using a lot more aggressive language to combat climate change, meaning it seems like they're stepping it up a notch or 10 notches. Or 10. Um, we'll we'll and go so, with 10. Yeah, yeah. I, when I heard that language, I'm like, wow, wow. They're really desperate right now. 
That was my first thought. The other thing is definitely the green blue kind of, I've never heard anybody use that terminology, but yeah. And here we are, we're, we're combining COVID we're, we we're using COVID as a jumping point now to say, Oh, this is perfect time for a green recovery to, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. leap on this opportunity to change the world the way we want it basically. Right. Oh yeah. And we have an upcoming event that I haven't seen anyone talking about and it cracks me up because it's the same characters. In fact, when I was digging and came across this, I listed off in my head who was going to be at this event before I even scrolled down to look. So it's the National Academy of Medicine and they've got 50 years and in, in their little logo, there's a snake. So their annual meeting, October 19th, confronting urgent threats to human health and society, COVID-19 and climate change. So I give you one guess who is doing the keynote address on crisis, fast and slow. Bill Gates. Yes. (laughs) Who do you think think the keynote speaker is? Oh, come Mm. on, guys. It's not Bill Gates. (laughs) No, he's doing like the keynote address. What? Hillary Clinton. No. (laughs) Fauci. Oh, oh. okay. <clears throat> You're going to love this one. Who do we think the moderator is? Hillary Clinton. No. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> She's not at this event. All, not her, at... all her buddies are handling it for her. Oh, I see. Anderson Cooper or Joe oh, Scarborough. <laughs> so close. So close. <laughs> CNN Sanjay Gupta. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Then we've got some, some wonderful panelists there, and I knew he would be there. So who's our former World Bank president, who I've reported endlessly on? Oh, gosh, what's his name? Jimmy uh, Moon. Moon something. Jim Young Kim. Oh, oh wow. Where did we I got get that wrong. <laughs> yeah. At least Edge and I were on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking, of, you were, were you thinking of Ban Ki-moon? <laughs> That's it. That was the name I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, well, he's in there with these guys too, but he's not at this particular event. So then we have Congresswoman Donna Shalala, however you say that, who you know is the former Secretary of Health and Human Services. And we've got Nicole Lurie, who's the strategic advisor to the CEO of CEPI, which is Bill Gates, and the former Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response in the Obama administration. We've got Jeremy Farrar, who's the director of the Wellcome Trust, who has long been in bed with the Gates. And then there's a bunch of other people. But those are the key names I wanted to get across. So that meeting on COVID-19 and climate change is coming up on October 19th. These people aren't letting up. I mean, they're, you know, their whole climate agenda is hoax for power control money and shifting things into the new world order. Did you guys just see that Newsom came out with this executive order that they're going to remove um, that all cars have to be electric by uh, 2035. <laughs> wow. In, in a place where there's always blackouts because they have difficulty with uh, electricity over there. We're going to remove gas-powered cars. And all I'm, do- I'm sitting there thinking, honestly, the first thing that popped in my head was, huh, I wonder how Silicon Valley and Hollywood and all the rich people with their million-dollar sports cars are going to feel about this. 
Mm. Are they already working on electric vehicles for all of those? You, you oh, know no, I mean? They're exempt. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> there are three gas stations left in California, only for the elite. <clears throat> Everyone else must plug into power. If you're lucky, you'll have it. Or there may be a blackout that day. Walk, bitches. Right? <laughs> Start riding your bikes. That's where it's headed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy the lengths these people are taking this to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're not waiting. They're going full steam ahead, like, tenfold right now. So, I need to keep an eye on it because I just... I see them just as we are trying to clean up the swamp, they're amping up on their plans as well. So, right, right. Oh, speaker, give us an update on Rittenhouse because I haven't had a chance to look at that yet. What's going on with that case? Oh, I was, uh, I was looking in that, uh, looking at this just a little bit before. Um, we all we all should know this Carl uh, Rittenhouse by now. He was a teenager in Kenosha that shot these two rioters, you call them. Then They weren't protesters. And he uh, got charged with these three counts. He got, he got charged with the counts of first-degree intentional homicide, uh, charges of recklessly endangering safety, uh, misdemeanor charge for possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 18. And that's probably the only thing he should get charged for. That's probably the only thing he's done wrong. The, his defense attorney's put out a, the, the fact that he was even charged with intentional homicide is ridiculous mm-hmm. just in general uh, we, we saw the situation that was going on there it, it, it was absolutely crazy yeah and so so what happened there was there was group, groups of patriots that went out to protect businesses uh, he was one of them either it was you know he, he went out there with a group of friends or a group of these other people. And at the start of the night, there was a video of him talking about why he was there. He, he laid it out real clearly that he was there protecting businesses. He was also a trained EMT. Uh, this kid's got like an amazing background. I was really surprised with some of those. So he's, he's a lifeguard. Uh, he's an EMT. He's, he volunteered countless hours in his community. He started a charity. Called, called humanizing the badge, which is a ch- charity fundraiser that he that he did on Facebook. The kid is clearly not a bad person. He's yeah. clearly a good person. And then you get this situation, and his defense attorney's brought out this new this new video. It's about eleven minutes long, which shows you through the whole night that he was not the aggressor in any of these situations. Hmm. I haven't gotten a chance to see that yet. I'm going to have to yeah, watch so it. Yeah, it's really good. It's, re- it's really, really well set out. And it's only 11 minutes long. And it's one of these cases where it, it, it's a defining moment. Do you know what I mean? When, when it comes to protecting yourselves in the middle right. of this showdown. But, but you can see this kid's track history, which is absolutely amazing. Right? He's done a lot for his community, continues to do that. And then you can see these other two guys. So the two people that... Uh, he killed Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenberg. Um, both of them, one, Anthony Huber was taken up on domestic charges multiple times. Now, this shouldn't ha- have anything to do with the, the murder case in general, but it's important to know these facts and the, 
and the different lifestyle these people lived, right? So you've got this kid, an amazing track record, and then you've got these two other guys which are causing violence that night, burning down business, businesses. Uh, Joseph Rosenberg, it was Rosenborn, I think it is. I don't really know how to pronounce it properly. But he, he's, he, he's been charged with rape multiple times of boys under 11 years old. Uh, right, these these people, these people they kill were no heroes, but of course the mainstream media painted them as that. That's what's so frustrating. Mm, uh, that, that that they painted them as like there's just these model citizens, and in his case, you, know, you can tweet about it without your account getting banned. Anything positive to do with Carl Rittenhouse was taken off all social media. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, and even despite all that. There was a a foundation set up for him called Fight Back Foundation, which was a free speech group that raised $2 million in funding for his legal fees on alternative platforms. Wow. That's an an amazing amount of money to do without Facebook, without Twitter, without YouTube. Right. Yeah. People are behind him because they saw what happened to him. He was acting in self-defense. And so, you know, I, I truly hope that, things work out for him in the legal process. I mean, I, I think it's important. I think it's important for the country as a whole that he gets off because we know that they want to use this as a deterrent. Well, they want to use this case as in, you know, it's better to not defend yourself. Just don't do it because look at the trouble you can get into. You know how they mm-hmm. paint that sort of stuff as, you know, if you defend yourself, you're the bad guys. You should let people burn down your businesses. You should not protect your businesses, and, right. and this is and this is what they're trying to get across. So, yeah. yeah, it would oh, set yeah. a precedent if he got found guilty of murdering these people. Then it would definitely set a precedent, and it would really send a bad message to people across the country. Like, like heaps of people have been saying that you know he came from out of town just on the premise to kill people is definitely not the case, right? Like I said, you can see him at the start of the night when people were getting injured. In this video, he was like, you know, if anyone's injured, I'm an AMT, send them over to me. He had a rifle in his medic bag. He had both of those things on him. He wasn't he, he wasn't the one there causing trouble, right? right? He was simply there protecting. And like I said, the only thing that he should get charged for is probably a misdemeanor charge for possession of a dangerous weapon because he was under 18. And he shouldn't have had that rifle. But if he didn't have that rifle, also think about what could happen to him. Right. Well, and it's, it's you know, it's like the case with Jake Gardner in Omaha. You know, the, the man who owned the bar who was in self-defense, and you can even see it on there's video footage of it where they came up and they were harassing him and pushed his dad to the ground and he you know warned him and there was a struggle and he shot him and then they tried they said that it was um they ruled it uh gosh i don't have all the details in front of me but it was as though it was ruled that it was you know in self-defense and the next thing you know they're bringing in prosecutors and no now now we're gonna you know we're going to take this guy down to make an example of him. It's disgusting, absolutely disgusting. And he ended up, uh, to the best of my knowledge, I haven't seen updates to the story yet, but 
it's there's been reports that he had committed suicide like the day before he was supposed to go turn himself in so yeah yeah so the, they Off- indicted him by grand jury on counts of manslaughter use of a firearm in the commission of a felony attempted first degree assault and terrorist threats and if he was to get convicted of that he would have faced like 95 years in prison unbelievable yeah it's heartbreaking what the ultimate end of that story just heartbreaking it really is and you can see how across the country these riots that are being portrayed as peaceful protests it's just ripping the country apart and Mm -hmm. uh really really have to have some law and order um hopefully with the uh the doj going after these criminals and also with the pulling funding, federal funding of these cities that are allowing this to happen. But, you know, we have a big problem with Soros, you know, basically installing uh, DAs all throughout in cities uh, so that they go after the people in self-defense and they don't go after the ones that are causing the riots. So, Oh yeah. Like Ted Wheeler just was tweeting out yesterday. Doesn't say anything about the riots going on, but warns that, I guess, I don't know if it's the Proud Boys or who it is. They're, they're saying, alt-right extremists are coming to protest in our city on Saturday. They are not welcome. And city council members go in there and, and are all saying, we do not want violence. We don't accept violence here. You are not allowed here. And we all are saying, you will be held accountable for your actions. Wow. After 115 days of them destroying absolutely destroying people's businesses and violence and shootings and murder but if anyone goes into protest against that they're going to be held accountable while the da just keeps letting everyone go over there yep it's like a revolving door yep disgusting it is it is so do we want to talk about the elephant in the room or no? Because honestly, I'm kind of burnt out on the whole thing with Ginsburg. Oh. I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember in our podcast last week, she hadn't, I think she passed away like the day after our podcast released. Yes. Yeah. 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 We didn't talk about it last week. So. Mm. Mm. But I, I don't know if that's something we should be covered, but I think we should cover the nomination. Well, which he's supposed to be, Trump said he was going to announce like Saturday or Sunday, right? He wanted yeah. to wait until the services were done for Ginsburg. He said on Wednesday, he said, I will be announcing at five o'clock on Saturday. So that's the latest I've heard that we should be getting the announcement of his nominee on at five o'clock on Saturday. He's said he's narrowed it down to five, although everybody's reporting about Amy Coney Barrett being the primary choice. Now, I could see a total surprise, you know, happening. But, you know, that's the consensus is that Amy Coney Barrett is the 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 favored nominee right now. So. So I haven't had time to personally dig into her. Um I'm, work- I'm actually in the middle of working on a really kind of fascinating report, at least for me, because it's a little different. And um, we'll have that out next week. I have to take a couple days off this weekend. Um, but I haven't had a chance to dig into her. And over the past week, I've seen some back and forth on that. It seems to be most people are for Amy, but then there were some people saying, 
but she's voted this way or she's this or she's that. And then some people say, oh, he's just throwing shade on her. And so there's been all this kind of controversy. And then I believe the New York Times came out with an article saying Amy would be the best pick. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but I didn't have a chance to read it. So that was just <laughs> the headline. So I don't know. What do you, I don't know if you guys have dug into it at all or what your thoughts are. No, I haven't dug deep into Amy Coney Barrett, but I'm pretty sure every single possible thing will come out about Amy Coney Barrett right. if she is the nominee. So, <laughs> <laughs> or, or whoever is the nominee. All we know is that it will be a woman. Yes. So Saturday, and, Saturday. And then next week, we, you know what we have to look forward to? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> On Tuesday, right? Yeah, I Tuesday think Tuesday the 29th, we're supposed to have the Biden-Trump debate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't, there's just no way it could, it could happen. I know. It's got to get, it's got to get wild and crazy before Unless they have some magic drugs or something to put Biden on so he can get through it. The only thing I could think of is, is this going to pump him with Adderall? Yeah, they got to pump him full of something. Like, because, look, he can't back out now. If he backs out now, that is just the most pussiest thing you could ever do. And that would destroy him on so many different fields. Where's like, it being held? I, I don't know. know. Ugh, I got to look this up. But he, he, it's got to either be some kind of emergency that gives him an excuse to back out. Yeah, that's a good or thing. Or who's someone puts on a Biden suit. <laughs> You're funny. Oh, don't don't go to the yeah, point right. Don't go down there. Don't go down there. Why would you do this? Why would you do I'm that? Just joking. <laughs> oh yes. All right. Let's see. I'm trying to find where it's supposed to be held because if they can't have him back out at this point, they could pull some crap with um, the venue. 9 p.m. Eastern at Cleveland's Case Western Reserve University and Cleveland Clinic. Huh. Ohio. All right. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to get my popcorn ready. I hope that, that Trump goes after Biden for all of this stuff with Burisma and Hunter. And I just hope that he gets hammered. If, oh, yeah. I just, if he I shows up to the bait. Look, look the, the only way they can kind of try to make him look good is that they're going to give himself both questions. They're going to try to make it as easy on him as possible. But in a debate against Trump, that's not going to, because Trump's just going to insult you. And that's what he does best in debates. He would, mm. he, would, he, he would just attack you, right? And, and, and that's, that's why he won the debates last time and no one knew how to combat him because he doesn't debate like a politician. Right, well, this- and he should have, he should state, like Trump should state right in the beginning of the debate, he should say, okay, first of all, I want you to say to the American people that you did not get any of these questions prior to the debate. Second <laughs> of all, I want you to submit a piss test and show up <laughs> Drugs are in your system. <laughs> and right. third, third of all, I want to inspect your ear for an earpiece. <laughs> so check this out, because we we've been talking about the whole climate change. That topic is off the table for this debate. So it says, 
six topics that will be on the table for the debate were just announced, and to the dismay of citizens and lawmakers concerned about the environment, Biden and Trump will not be debating about the climate. Hmm. So they're saying for the debate, uh, Wallace, oh boy, Chris Wallace is moderating the debate. Yeah. 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 Joy. So Wallace chose the following six topics. Uh, The Trump-Biden records, the Supreme Court, COVID-19, the economy, race and violence in our cities, and the integrity of the election. Uh, I can think of about six different topics I would cover, but a couple of those are good. If I was Trump, I would just hammer at Biden. Uh, you know, forget the, the talking points. Just oh. a- answer the question in like one word and then go on your own talking points, just hammering away. Yeah, he will. That's what he does. Yeah. That's like I said, he doesn't, he doesn't debate like a typical politician. And that's why people like Jeb Bush and all that didn't know how to counter him. Yeah. Yep. Off script. Hmm. It'll be interesting because when Biden goes off script... If Biden goes off script, oh man, it's going to be talk about hairy legs and cockroaches and corn pop and lion dog face pony soldier. I've missed Uh debate season. I really have missed Trump debating because he comes out with some of the most hilarious shit. Yeah. All right. Let's pray that that happens. There's so so much fuel on Biden too. That's going to be so much fun. (laughs) so i had tweeted out asking if there were some topics that um people wanted us to cover and there was oh my gosh such a huge variety in there um i just wanted to address a few real quick so someone someone asked about wanting more information on operation paperclip so i know that you guys recently in the last few weeks did a whole video summary on operation paperclip on your hive mind on um your youtube channel so we'll link that underneath I also do have some documents in my file drawer on uh, in my website on Operation Paperclip. And then several people were asking about the vaccines coming and, you know, Trump talking about them and theories on that. And I had just released on Monday a video I did on um, theories, evidence, and bombshells. And I cover all of that in there. So if people haven't seen that yet, they can check that out. And then this one I wanted to address because I think a lot of people could um, hopefully benefit from this. So Common Sense on Twitter asked, we are supposed to elect good God-fear, patriotic, American-loving, constitution-following people into our government. Tell us how to go about figuring out or vetting the people running. We need help, especially now and right in the middle of World War III information warfare. So... I've actually done um, a thread. I've done articles on on hunting called "Hunting the Hunters." I've done a two part series on that, um, digging into you know people, foundations, nests, and webs, and whatnot. And I have a lot of resources on my site and tips and tools for this. But what I do is when I'm digging into someone, the very first thing I do is I go in and I run their background search, and I will also look into their family members. I will pull up, you know, what businesses they own, who they do business with. If they own foundations or nonprofits, I'll go into their 990s. I'll review the cash flow. I'll look at who the board members are, and I might further look into them if things are looking fishy. 
if they're a past lawmaker, I'm going to look at their voting records on bills to see where they stand on things. I'm going to review their social media. I'm going to go back years to see how consistent or inconsistent they are and to see what, you know, information and values and beliefs they seem to be aligned with. Um, I'll look into what campaigns they may have contributed to over the years. And uh, if there's been any hit pieces on them, who did the hit piece, what's the motive, and if it's valid. Obviously, I'm going to listen to them speak, and I'm going to use my intuition, and I'm going to see if their words resonate with me. So that's kind of like a process. I mean, you could you could knock that out in a half a day, just quickly kind of surface digging through those things. And I have all those resources on my website. So you can go to those um, sites. Most of this is open source and free. So, you know, I highly recommend people do your due diligence. Um, if you, you know, have spent a day on this and you're not finding anything at all that feels off or fishy and things seem to be resonating with you good, great. If you're finding some fishy stuff, then dig a little deeper and try to confirm it, you know, one way or the other. But it is, it's important to know um, who, who, and this goes for not just, you know, a governor or senator or president, but we're talking, I'm talking local, like people need to be looking at all elected officials locally in their communities. Very true. And awesome advice, actually. You're pretty systematic with the, your approach. <laughs> and very thorough. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. What are you working yeah, on now? Like you do it so many times and it's just, you got like 20 tabs going at the same time. You know, I know you dig too, so you get it. Yep. Yep. So what are you working on now? I'm working on a very interesting story. Something that, that came out in the news about a week ago. It, it went far, but it went fast. And then a bunch of distractions came. And maybe that's where it'll die. But I have a sneaky suspicion on this one. And I want to get out in front of it before it grows wings. So I'm working on digging into that. And I will have an article out on that next week. But in doing that, I actually came across some interesting, you know, it led me down another tunnel. So I'm kind of still working on that part of it too. Cool. <laughs> we just wrapped up a Soros dig, just talking Hi. about yeah, Soros and color evolutions. That'll be out on Monday morning. So nice. yeah, yeah. That'll Very be a good timely. one. Mm hmm. <laughs> Awesome. It's important. All right, guys, we ready to wrap? I think yeah, so. Start. All right. Well, Smash through that one. Yeah, we did. Thanks for joining us here on Dig It with Speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and, of course, YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.